Season 1, Episode 31, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So I memorized uh, 2, 8, 9, and 10. But before I get into Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, which I, there's not too many podcasts of the, this is number 31 that I've done that I haven't mentioned this verse because it was a verse that, that one of two that I recall uh, the night I trusted Christ as my Savior. But um, I wanted to clear up something. Romans uh, 6.23, this is the, the second time I bring up Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Wages is given is what you earn by your work. And what we earn by our sin, whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend one point is guilty of all, James 2.10. James 2.10, whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. We're all guilty for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. I just didn't have a problem with that. I, my problem was not thinking I was good enough to go to heaven. My problem was knowing I was not good enough to go to heaven and never could be, never would be, didn't want to be. Uh, just let, leave me alone and let me go to hell with all my friends. But when I heard it was a free gift and that I, it called for a response of faith, and I believed it was a free gift, and I believed uh, wages of sin is death. It's not good works. It's not walking old ladies across the street. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I told you a, a hum what I consider a humorous, humorous story about my my friend Paul, who got married, and he invited his boss to hear the gospel at his wedding at Florida Bible College, and. Uh, his boss came and handed him an envelope in the receiving line, and Paul gushed, Oh, please, sir, I didn't mean to invite you to bring me a gift. And his, his boss said, Calm down, Paul. It's your paycheck. I think he'd probably, uh, I, I would guess, possibly, uh, you know, paid in advance a little bit because Paul was going on a honeymoon. So, um, but anyway, it was uh, vacation time or whatever it was. It was still, uh, calm down, Paul. It's it's your it's your salary, it's your paycheck, and that you know that that definitely calmed Paul down. He wasn't, you know, and uh, so wages is something you earn. A gift is just the opposite. It's something you do not earn. And thinking about it and talking to kids about it for many years, I. Uh, it was after Hurricane Andrew back in 92, which was, what, almost 30 years ago, 28 years ago. Uh, looking back on my life, I would not say that um, Christmas gifts were gifts. I earned those. I would have gotten coal if I was not good. And salvation, heaven is not on that basis. Uh, your, your good works are as filthy rags. Repent of your dead works and faith towards God is what you have to do. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves a gift of God, not of works, 
um, I can't remember the address, but uh, you could look it up. Uh, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Titus 3.5, not sure. Anyway, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. So the idea of a gift. But I was thinking, how many gifts have I gotten in my life? You know, How many gifts have I given in my life? Absolutely nothing, hoping nothing in return. You know, it's always quid pro quo, this for that, this for that, this for that, this for that. I'm going to remember this kid because his parents never forgot me or, or her parents never forgot my kids. So it's you know, kind of reciprocal. Salvation is not that way. A pure gift, uh, the only one that I could really come up with, I guess when I first thought about this 28 years ago, was after Hurricane Andrew, uh, it, we weathered the storm in, in an apartment building that was torn down. Luckily, we were on the first floor, but water was pouring in, and I where's the second floor? Um, but I finally got the door open because there were just branches and stuff. It was an apartment complex, and I guess the wind was blowing everything in, in by the door there, and it, it took some effort to get out of that door. It took us five hours to get go 10 miles. I think that's uh, five hours. That's two miles an hour to go 10 miles. But um, we got to our house and trusses were gone and and four by eight pieces of plywood were gone and uh, it was bad. And we just grabbed some things that, you know, we grabbed pictures because you can't replace those. Pictures I have of my kids when they were little or Pictures I have of my parents, irreplaceable. And uh, I'm not sure, Barb probably gathered things that were more important than I did. But anyway, um, we were on our way north, and you could tell at the rest stops on the turnpike who had been through Andrew, because their eyes were wide open and they were moving with a purpose. And some, I remember when someone lady said, we're not stopping until we get to Georgia or South Carolina, wherever she was heading. She said, we are never coming back to this state again. We're just going to let the insurance company send us a check and we'll have a realtor sell our property and we're out of here. Because they obviously had gone through it. I had left my home. I might have been in that camp if I had stayed in my house with as much damage as there was here. But anyway, as far as the gift goes, I was there were roofing nails everywhere. So I was losing air in four tires, and so was everybody else at the turnpike. And it was uh, one of these tire companies. Um, I can't remember which one. I wish I could give them a plug. But anyway, it was one of the tire companies that have, and they had places on the turnpike, garages. And anyway, it's an old, old standby from way back in the day, not one of these new tire places. But anyway... I wish I could think of their name, but I, uh, we, we waited in line uh, on four flat tires and they were plugging them as quick as they could and taking out these roofing nails, which are short nails, but uh, enough to puncture a tire and they kind of have this uh, washer on them. So they kind of, they really, they land, half of them land pointing upwards. So they're real tough on tires. Anyway. 
they, uh, you know, I reached for my credit card and they said, no, please, no charge. And then that was, you know, I was very humbled by that. I don't remember which, I don't even remember the name of the tire company. That's the first time I couldn't remember that tire company. But anyway, um, we got an apartment. We drove north until we, we saw some lights off the turnpike because that meant they had electricity. And we got to Boca Raton and we pulled into a hotel there, motel, whatever it was. And they said, we only have a suite left. And I said, that would be fine. And um, we, uh, we, we stayed there for about a week, I think, before we got an apartment. But, but every day we were coming down here to the house, hauling stuff out that we wanted to take with us. Again, the, the, whole, the green was just growing up the walls, you know, almost instantly. It rained a lot after the, the next day or the next couple of days, but then the sun came out. But it was just, we had green stuff going up the walls. And fungus, whatever you want to call it, I don't know what it was, but um, carpet was soaking wet. There was insulation everywhere. Um, we, I think it was our first day back down here, spending time. It might have been, it might have been our first or second day. Anyway, we stopped. There, nothing was open. There was no grocery stores. There was no fast food. There was no Seven Eleven. Nothing down here. There were no road signs. There was nothing green above the ground. We stopped at a Burger King, I guess, as far up in Boca Raton, where. First day we headed back to our apartment, our, our hotel that night, and they, uh, this was back before you filled your own Coke. Anyway, I said, I put down my credit card and I just said, um, four large Cokes, four large soft drinks, what I can't, uh, probably four, four large Cokes. And the guy gave us four large cokes, and he said, "Put put away your card." You know that I don't remember where that was. There's no way I can ever pay that person back. But I, I think it's a testament to how rare gifts are. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I wanted to stress the, the, the point in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a great gift, and it's also free. I got some great gifts in my life, great gifts, but I never felt like they were completely free. You know, There was kind of you know some strings attached to them. But uh, I always tried to be very thankful, and I am very thankful. But, but it's it's a little bit of you know this for that in my mind. But somebody that I can never repay, um, that I'll never see again. That that was kindness that I just just took me back. And again, it, it must be a pretty rare occasion. If those are the only two times I can remember where I got something which I didn't, I couldn't couldn't repay because I wasn't going to remember where they were. Or I surely don't remember where it was. And maybe it took me time to think about it 
when did I ever receive a gift? Anyway, I wanted to stress that. Um, and so, because I, when I listened to it yesterday, I got lost on uh, episode 30. I said, why am I talking about Hurricane Andrew? Oh, well. And then I wanted to talk about Hurricane Andrew because it was part of uh, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. And it took me two, Romans 6, 23 was episode 29. 30, I tried to explain it. I got the wages explained, but I didn't get the gift explained. Now on 31, I got the gift explained to my satisfaction anyway. All right, so Ephesians 2, 8, 9. I didn't really uh, look at this, but uh, let's just take a look at Schofield's outline real quick. It, it starts in chapter 1 with the apostolic salutation, which if Paul wrote Hebrews is missing from Hebrews. It doesn't say Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and the faithful in Christ and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So that, you know, it's just it's the inspired word of God and, and, and that would be anybody that's faithful uh, at any time since it's been written. Then uh, starting in verse three, the believer's position in grace, the seven elements of the believer's position. Um Okay, um, the prayer for knowledge and power, uh, Christ exalted to be the head of the body, the church, uh, chapter 2, uh, the method of Gentile salvation, which is the same as everybody else's, and, and that's chapter 2, that's uh, 289. Uh, Gentile position in, by nature. So Paul was a, a missionary to the Gentiles, and Gentiles were so poorly thought of that that uh, even early believers had trouble accepting Gentiles as uh, being equal. But Jesus explained to the teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, didn't mean just to whichsoever Jew, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but everlasting life. Uh, the Jew and the Gentile, one body in Christ. Um, the seventh point here, the church, a temple for the habitation of God through the Spirit. Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Um, what Christ established with his death, burial, and resurrection is the church. And... And we are indwelled. It took about till Pentecost, but God, I think, has these um, these periods of time that are transition periods, fifty days, what, you know, whatever, uh, to go from one to the next. And and now we're indwelt dwelt with the Holy Spirit, and that really changes uh, the whole worship of God. We don't have to go to a temple to be in the presence of God. He's in our presence all the time. When we go to a, as my, as my Bible, one of, well, Bob Gilbert, my Bible college professor said, when you speed, you take the Holy Spirit with you. It's like having a policeman sitting next to you in a car. And there, you know, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receives. If you are without chastisement, you are illegitimate. The King James uses a little stronger word, but I'll use illegitimate. Um, if you are without correction, God corrects his own. You see a 
parent correcting a child, that uh, better be that uh, parent's child. I don't want anybody correcting my children. I'll correct them. Thank you very much. Um, the church, a mystery hidden from past ages. That's a Schofield note there, and, and that is uh, very true. Again, I'm just saying, <clears throat> trying to help people that, uh, well, let's say the Lord comes back tonight. I still, I've said this before. Maybe it sounds strange to some of you. I don't really care. You know, <laughs> you don't you don't write my check or nobody does. So um, I'm retired and I, I can say what I want. And I, I should, you know, all pastors should do that. Preachers should do that. But anyway, um, the church is the mystery of the Old Testament. The Gentile church, nobody saw it coming. Jesus was always talking about Israel, always talking about Israel, if they would receive him. And uh, when he died on the cross, that had to go to plan B, which was the Gentile church for the last 2,000 years. Now, did God know it? Yes, I think he knew. Of course he knew it. He's all-knowing. But the prophets didn't talk about it. And... Uh, there's scripture to that end, um, maybe in chapter 3 of uh, Ephesians. Chapter 4, the walk and service of the believer as in Christ and having the Spirit. Uh, a walk to, the, to be worthy. The, the walk to be worthy, the position. Anyway, it's an outline, so it's kind of... The, the ministry gifts of Christ. God, I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. To walk worthy of you. That's my prayer. I pray it every... Usually I pray it before every podcast. I pray it when I wake up in the morning. I pray it before I go to bed at night. I pray it whenever I have something to do, like a day of work to do. Or uh, I desire to be filled. It's Colossians 1, 9 through 14. And I've also memorized 15 through 20. And that's talking about uh, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Anyway, I'll let you look that one up if you want. Um, but uh, to walk worthy of you unto all pleasing. I want to please the Lord. I want to walk worthy of Him. To be saved? No, because He saved me. Because He gave me eternal life as a free gift with no strings attached. I feel a little indebted to the God of John 3.16. That loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever. I said, I'm in. He had me at whosoever. Not perish, but have everlasting life. The purpose of the ministry gifts. Um, the walk of the believer as a new man in Christ. Um, Hank Lindstrom would say, what happens, old things pass away, all things become new. You have a new destination. You're going to heaven. You were going to hell. Now you're going to heaven. You have a new family in Christ. You have a new father. You're not of your father, the devil, and lust of your father you'll do. You're, you're a, you, to as many as received him, them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So we've got a new family. We've got a new destination. We've got a new purpose. We got Everything is new for the believer. But... Um, it's, you still have a choice whether you follow, you know, follow Christ or not. But God also has a choice to correct you. And uh, He will. He promises He will. If you are without correction, you're not 
his. You're illegitimate. Look it up. Um, the warrior's power, the warrior's armor. Oh, Ephesians 6. Uh, someone said to me something that I really appreciated. Uh, Ephesians 6 is the whole armor of God. But it starts with... Um, Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. I started my, I did my son's wedding out in front of my house here between the three trees we have out there. Planted to put three hammocks there. Uh, submitting your, I started the, the service with, with this, the, the scripture reading of my son's marriage. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I submitted to my wife. I made it a habit to tell her when I was going to bed, when I was leaving the room, when I was going somewhere, when I was going to take a bike ride, when I whatever. She knew where I was 24-7. And now that I said that, because I can just feel like I wouldn't pass a lie detector when I said that, I remember one time her rheumatoid arthritis and the treatment was very, it was, she was in a lot of pain towards the end. And one time John and I, and she, she had a personal trainer and she was very strict on her diet and John and I really wanted a steak and so we kind of snuck off. And we went to a steak place and we had a steak and we came back and I felt dirty. And she goes, she goes, where'd you go? And I said, John and I went to get a steak and she said, why didn't you ask me? I said, because you wouldn't go. And she said, yeah, but I wanted to be asked. So submit yourselves one to another. I don't know. I, uh, it worked for us, I think. But, but this is right before the whole armor of God. Children, obey your parents is at the beginning of chapter 6. So where is Satan? The armor of God is to protect us from the fiery darts of the wicked one. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of this world, of spiritual wickedness in high places. So we put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the word, feet shed with preparation, preparation of the gospel, uh, loins girt with the truth, um, the helmet of salvation. These are... You know, when you join the army, it won't be long before you, you, you get all that stuff. You might go to the reception station and not get anything, but as soon as you go to a unit, they're going to give you your helmet, your steel pot, whatever it's called now, your M16 rifle will be assigned to you, and uh, training starts right away. And you leave that stuff. When you go from post to post, you don't take that all that stuff with you. You don't take your steel pot with you. You get a new one when you go to the, your canteens, your load-bearing equipment, your all that stuff. Anyway, um... But everybody knows that the, the armor of God is in Ephesians 6. But in front of it is the family, the workplace. Um, uh, let's see. Um, the, you know, uh, children, obey your parents. Okay, here's the... Uh, um, uh, servants, be obedient unto them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers. How many times did we do something in our work? Now I'd pick up a piece of trash and I'd say, man, I hope 
the headmaster's looking out his window right now or whatever. I hope somebody sees me do this good thing. But it, not, that's eye service. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh and fear and trembling and singleness of heart, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants unto Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Okay, and then, uh, you know, it starts talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, verse 11, chapter 6, verse 11, stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girded with the truth and having your breastplate of righteousness. That's God's righteousness. For God has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is salvation. This is righteousness of Christ that we have. And Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness, God's righteousness. And your feet shed with preparation for the gospel of peace. Above all, the shield of faith, wherewith you are able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance, the supplications and supplications for all saints, praying for all saints. And for me, Paul writes in verse 19, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds. He was in prison, I guess, when this is one of his prison epistles. That therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Okay, he's kind of signing off here. Okay, so... So it, it, it talks about the family, it talks about the workplace, it talks about uh, the armor of God. And then Paul talks about sharing Christ with others. This is where Satan's going to attack. He's going to attack you in your home, he's going to attack you in your workplace, he's going to attack you in your church, he's going to attack you, um, and you need to put on the whole armor of God, which is yours on day one. Um, uh, the whole armor of God that you may stand therefore with your loins gird with the truth the way, the light, and the truth Jesus is all of those so you have Jesus, the breastplate of his righteousness feet shed with the preparation of the gospel we're going out to you want to give Satan a hard time share Christ with other people uh, the gospel of peace peace with God that's what Christ did for us on the cross. He made peace with God. Above all, taking the shield of faith. That's our part, I guess. Faith. In this great, wonderful plan of salvation. The free gift of God. He loved the world. It's free to everybody. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Repent of your dead works and faith towards God. Your feet shed with the preparation of the gospel, above all, the shield of faith, therewith you should be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So I would say these podcasts are based on the Word of God. These are all verses I've memorized. And uh, I'm up to 43 now. I've, I've, I think I've added four more that I haven't started working on yet. But I kind of know them anyway, so I, I don't think it'll hold me up too much. But I'm trying to do a podcast a day, so i got to put a verse in here that I know. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, the the first breakthrough I've made on this podcast was a couple of days ago when I let's hear all these mistakes, and I thought you know I need to erase that and do this one over again. I, every one of these have been one take, and unless I did some you know I didn't plug the microphone in or something like that that happened to me one time, but all these have been one take, and obviously because I get stuck sometimes, but. I'm going to listen to them when I make a mistake or I can't remember what I, the point I was trying to make. I will make it at the beginning of the next one, which was kind of a breakthrough for me. So uh, I can crank these out pretty quickly. And we'll see what happens. I do not know. But um, since the Lord could come back today and I could be uh, in His presence uh, today in the rapture, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, so shall we ever be with the Lord. You want to read about you want to learn about the rapture, read about uh first and second Thessalonians. Paul's first epistle to the church. I said that Romans was the first it's the first in the Bible. It's not the first epistle you wrote. Thessalonians was the first. That was a mistake I caught yesterday too. But um Okay, so now you know what this whole armor is to do. It's to protect you against the devil. And where, where, where's the key terrain? Your family, your, your wife, your husband, your children, your, your employer, your employees, your workplace. Um, and then ultimately pray for opportunities to share Christ and that you will boldly share Christ. 144,000. Jewish evangelists of the tribulation are going to be on fire for the Lord. They have the seal of God in their forehead. They have this big mark in their forehead that's the seal of God. Probably also a bullseye because they are they are killed to the last man. And that's the judgment of the nations at the end of the tribulations. You did it unto the least of these my brethren that are right here, the slaughtered 144,000. So study. Study the word. Um, that's part of your the helmet of salvation and the the sword of the word. Isn't that it? The sword, taking the shield of faith, which is, and the helmet of salvation and the sword, which is the word of God. Yeah, this, the offensive weapon you have is the, the the word of God. So, again, if if you're not a believer, uh, if the rapture has occurred and you're listening to this, you found them somewhere. Um, then you know you need to get on. You need to get a Bible and get get to reading it. Get you know first of all trust Christ. Now, are you going to be given the Holy Spirit during the tribulation? I, it says when He that letteth is removed. So, I really don't know if you. I think it. I don't think you are. If I would guess you're not because they did not have the Holy Spirit. Abraham did not have the Holy Spirit every day of his life after he believed. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He was a, a believer. David didn't have it continually. Um, it came and went with Saul. It came and went in the Old Testament. It comes and st- we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. He'll never leave us. And um, that's kind of part of our eternal security. If I went to hell, I'd take the Holy Spirit with me. It wouldn't be hell anymore. 
flowers would start growing, you know, lakes would appear, whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit does. He 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 hinders Satan. Anyway, um, so Ephesians two eight nine. For by grace are you saved through faith. We kind of went through the book of Hebrew Ephesians there, but I thought the shorter books um, might be worthwhile to throw them in when I just have one verse uh, or three verses, um, and they are um, Ephesians um, two eight nine and ten. Um, Um, how does it start? Um, for by grace he saved through faith, not not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. For by grace he saved through faith, not not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I, I can remember it was 48 years ago, but I can remember... It really clicked. You can't brag about something that you didn't earn. You can't brag about something you didn't work for. Lest any man should boast. It's not of works. So repent of your dead works because they're not going to save you. And the dead works are your very best works. But uh, faith in God. All right, so I'm going to say adios, which means to God. And I'm going to say... Bayakondios, which means go with God.